This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Car. Pass the board quickly. Down to six seconds. Car going down again. And it's Quentin Williams this time for the Jets. And welcome back to an episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. We're your host Ben Blessington and Michael Nania with another head coaching candidate profile. This time, Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. Michael, what are your thoughts on Staley? The Jets requested an interview with him earlier this week. He was actually one of their first requests. A bit of a surprise, but a budding superstar on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, he, he's definitely one of the more surprising candidates. I don't think he's someone that we were really talking about before the season ended, but he really fits the bill of one of those young up-and-comers, especially under Sean McVay. We've seen guys like Zach Taylor come up under him, and we'll continue to see more guys come up from under him, I think. But on the defensive side of the ball, which makes him different from a lot of the other up-and-coming candidates we're looking at. So he's really interesting. Basically just a defensive version of some of the other very promising younger candidates we've seen because what he's done on that side of the ball is, is incredible. So it really just comes down to whether or not they believe in his, whether or not he has enough experience and if he's ready and if they want a defensive guy. But there there is a lot intriguing about him. Yeah, some people even called him the Sean McVay of the defense, obviously the Rams head coach. And as we've done with all of these head coaching candidate profiles, we bring in somebody who knows a hell of a lot more about these candidates than we do. We are lucky enough to be joined by Jake Ellenbogen from downtown Rams. Jake, how you doing, man? I'm great. You know, I really appreciate you guys having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking time out of your day. Obviously, the Rams are have a very important game, an important game for Jets fans. They play the Seahawks. We really need the Rams to win that game because then the Jets draft pick is, is much higher. So I think we're all Rams fans this weekend. Very much hope that the, the Rams can pull off the upset. Um, not just for your sake, but we have our own vested interests. But um, talking about Staley, who will be going up against Brian Schottenheimer, who's like the one candidate we really don't want the Jets to interview. Um, his defense was amazing. And, and the Rams promoting him to defensive coordinator was a bit of a shock to many. I mean, a lot of people disagree with the move. Uh, they let go of Wade Phillips, who was a proven defensive coordinator in this league. And a lot of people question Sean McVay's decision. But it's really paid off. It was certainly a, a worthy gamble by McVay. Can you just talk about what changes that Staley has made between uh, the Rams defense this year and Wade Phillips defense from last year? Well, yeah, you know, certainly. So I think the, the interesting dynamic of everything, you know, just like looking at what uh, somebody like Brandon Staley brings to the table is they previously had Wade Phillips. And when Wade Phillips had that defense, it was a talented defense. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it felt like, they weren't 
kind of living up to their potential. In 2019, there was a, a moment in time where the Rams went 3-0. and I know, shocking. They didn't even make the playoffs that season. Um, you know, that game, week four, against the Buccaneers, they gave up 55 points. Very unlike, very uncharacteristic, like the Rams. Um, you know, and they had guys that were big-time ballers. You know, they, they had a very stacked defense they had guys like Corey Littleton who you know was signed uh by the Raiders um you know just to to name a guy there and then Marcus Peters who they eventually moved on from uh but here's the thing Uh, Wade Phillips was kind of losing touch with the modern day NFL um he is still one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time I'm not going to debate that um but what I'll say is that Brandon Staley is somebody that's more connected to today's game Now, this wasn't a coincidence, okay? At first, I thought Aubrey Pleasant, who is the defensive backs coach for the Rams, who came over from Washington with McVay, I thought he would be a defensive coordinator to take over. Um, You know, just from, like, people that I talked to, the inside, you know, view of things was, you know, Aubrey Pleasant um, was somebody that was going to come in and be that, like, defensive Sean McVay. They were grooming him. So why did Brandon Staley come into it? Well, interestingly enough, the Rams ran into what was a total sledgehammer in 2018. And what that was, was Vic Fangio's defense. And Vic Fangio uh, was with the bears. When you saw that 14 points per game, given up defense, that monstrous defense, the Eddie Jack, someone actually knew how to use Eddie Jackson at the time uh, was up there for defense player of the year. You had Khalil Mack, you had Leonard Floyd. They had all sorts of guys, Akeem Hicks. Um, so basically his defense, uh, was the blueprint of stopping Sean McVay's offense, which of course, in turn in the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick used to stop the Rams offense. So it became somewhat of an issue in 2019. And the question was, how do we, how do we stop it? You know, if, if, if Sean McVay is sitting there, you know, watching the film, how do we stop this? Cause now everybody is using that, that quarters coverage from the Super Bowl. Um, you know, everybody is really, they're disguising very well. They're making Goff have to make reads and put him in a tough position. And the fact of the matter is that was Staley, uh, you know, that was Staley's guy, uh, Vic Fangio, that started this whole thing. So how does Staley involve in it? Well, he was the outside linebackers coach for uh, the Chicago Bears at the time. And he actually made what was a lateral move to stay with Fangio after uh, Fangio moved on to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. People thought that was a little weird how he would leave. You know, Chuck Pagano was coming in. Chuck Pagano is an established defensive coordinator. He's not Fangio, uh, but he was definitely somebody there. Plus, you were working with all the guys that you had in Chicago. Nonetheless, uh, you know, Brandon Staley goes to Denver. And in Denver, you know, he sticks with Fangio and he's a disciple of Fangio. And Fangio eventually puts him into a role where, you know, Sean McVay, he's looking to stop and, and figure out a way to beat this defense. So, who better to go and, and hire a guy that was part of the defense that destroyed your offense. And that's to me, what I saw from just my point of view is I saw them go out and get a guy that would give them looks in practice, constantly Jared Goff and company practicing against the defensive scheme. And, you know, just the, the formula that stopped them. And not only that, but a 38 year old coach that is, you know, highly, um, you know, thought of, and well-respected 
And it kind of came out of nowhere. Rams fans weren't really expecting it. But when you go back and you look at the resume, this guy has worked his way up. You know, he comes from Northern Illinois as a graduate assistant from 2006. And then he goes to St. Thomas in Minnesota as a defensive lines coach, special teams coach in 2009. And he goes to Hutchinson Community College as an associate head coach and the defensive coordinator in 2010. 2012, he goes to Tennessee as a graduate assistant. Then he goes to uh, John Carroll University uh, as a defensive coordinator, special teams coach in 2013. James Madison in 2014 as a defensive coordinator. Back to John Carroll as a defensive coordinator in 2015. Then to the Bears in the NFL. So you see the track here is that he's really worked his way off. He has really grown and he has just done everything. He's paid his dues. So he comes into this team and it's like basically they're hoping, you know, Wade Phillips is a big name but they're looking for a guy that's more connected to today's game. Vic Fangio has adapted to today's game very well. And he has forced guys like Jared Goff to put themselves in their own harm. And I got to give him absolute credit in 2018. And you can see it now. If you, you know, you turn on the tape in 2018, he was using Eddie Jackson as a center fielder. And basically what they were doing was they were, you, they were utilizing how unbelievably athletic he was. So they had at the time Prince of Mukamara and Kyle Fuller, and they would, you know, they'd man up on their guys. So they would play, you know, two sides of the field. And basically they would beg, uh, you know, against that type of coverage. Cause you see single high safety and you're thinking, Oh, that, well, that's not covered too. So I could throw over the top. You know, I got this. Well, the thing was, and it was exhibited very well in the Cardinals game that year when Sam Bradford was throwing the football, Sam Bradford tried to go, I, 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 this is the play that really stands out to me. He tried to go deep to, I believe it was Larry Fitzgerald and he was on, I think Kyle Fuller, he was on, um, and it looked like he beat Kyle Fuller, but Eddie Jackson, who's sitting in the middle of the field and his range was cutting off the pass and he picked it off. And so that was kind of the start of something here where Vic Fangio was putting guys in position to succeed, let alone just the front seven, the ridiculous front seven that he had. So Staley comes in, pretty much adopts that type of style of defense, a three, four uh, scheme. That's not a true three, four, you know, they do a lot of different things. Um, But one thing I like is that Staley likes these long athletes, so when you look at the Rams, he brings in, you know, Terrell Lewis in the draft. He was a six foot six guy. He brings in a very long uh, Leonard Floyd from his days in Chicago. And a move that might've gone under the radar is when Justin Hollins, uh, who worked hands-on with Brandon Staley at outside linebacker uh, and trying to transition also an inside linebacker with the Broncos, Justin Hollins, a former fifth round pick. He was the, uh, East West Shrine game MVP. The season was coming out of the draft. I interviewed him a uh, great guy, very talented uh, from Oregon. And he gets cut before this season starts. The Rams signed him or the Rams claimed him. Staley could not stop talking about him. Could not like he has his guys. He brought Floyd Floyd fits like a glove. He brought in Hollins and while Hollins isn't a superstar, he doesn't have to be. He's been a very good rotational player. And it's just been really incredible what, Staley has done, you know, the, the, like the longer guys on the outside, they can create havoc because they basically, they, they force a quarterback to think he doesn't have as much uh, room to throw. So when you have a guy like that has a six foot six frame 
in Terrell Lewis and he's pressuring you, if he puts his arms up, you kind of feel like that option, that window is closed. So it's very interesting. You know, he has that plus he actually has been doing, he's been using a lot of zone coverage lately, um, you know, against like say Seattle and in a, in a sense where, you know, you have a DK Metcalf, he's been just having Ramsey man up uh, with DK Metcalf. That has been what he's been doing. And also just the way he uses his defense, he's really hidden the fact the Rams linebackers aren't pro bowl guys. Okay. I really like Troy reader and I like Kenny young, but I realize what they are. They're fringe starters in this league and they can get better, but they're not all world players. It's not like having a Bobby Wagner or Luke Keekley or Patrick Willis. I mean, these guys just aren't that talented. They're talented in a sense. They're talented enough for the NFL, but I mean, you know, you're probably neck and neck with the the Jets uh, linebackers. They have a, a couple that I like, including Blake Cashman, friend of the, the show. Uh, so, I mean, you know, there they're, <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I, I got another one where that came from. John Franklin Myers. That's my Oh, guy. there oh, we that's go. That's, 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 a, that's, that's a real guy. friend of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've been talking about John Franklin Myers for a while now. Uh, I love that, man. He just came on uh, when the Rams played the Jets. But, you know, I just, to me, I think with this linebacker group and seeing the effort that Staley has done uh this linebacker group hasn't really been exposed it's been really impressive because micah kaiser who came into the uh came into the year as the presumed starter he's been all over the board with injuries um has flashed at times but has also struggled at times but he's been injured uh another guy that was supposed to start traven howard he was out for the year before the season even started so you could argue brandon saley took two linebackers that are uh, second string guys and made them look like starters because of what he does. It kind of hides their shortcomings. Plus I also have to give credit to Eric Henderson, um, their defensive line coach that came over from the chargers because that group allows so much. And obviously when you have Aaron Donald, I mean, the job just gets so easy because if you, I don't have to tell you guys, you guys watch film, you guys know what you're, you know, you're talking about Aaron Donald, anybody in the league now realizes that he is the best player and just affects every play negatively. But then you have guys like Jalen Ramsey and what they've done with Darius Williams, a guy that, you know, the Ravens basically, uh, they tried to hide. They tried to fit him on their practice squad when Jimmy Smith came back. And it was right before the season in 2019, uh, a guy that's very talented out of UAB, UDFA, that was really showing up, uh, you know, in preseason and they try to hide him, and the Rams have done this before. They did it with Marquis Christian, Arizona draft in the fifth round. They tried to sneak him on the practice squad. Rams picked him up, placed him on the 53. Uh, the Rams did that with Blake Countess and the Eagles, and they did it again with Darius Williams. And guys, you guys will know this because you're Jets fans. Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey, I've been comparing all season long, and you may not like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've been comparing all season long to – Jarrell Revis oh, and Antonio Cromartie. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's enough so, of you. But, but no, <laughs> just to make a long story short, though, although that was, you know, that was pretty long, uh, Brandon Staley has absolutely changed this team. And I think it really starts with the fact that, look, this team hasn't been perfect. They became very, very good, and they ended up being the best defense in the league at the end of the year. Statistically, everything statistically points to the Rams. So it's not even just a matter of opinion. Um, but he just is so good at his adjustments. And I think when you're in that building with Sean McVay, if Sean McVay, you know, is pulling for you, 
Um, you have to imagine this guy's going to be a great head coach. I don't look at him like he's a Zach Taylor because Zach Taylor was never calling plays for the Rams. Matt LaFleur was never calling plays for the Rams. Um, Brandon Saley's calling the defense and he has done a magnificent job. And that defense has held this team together. And you could argue, despite having all that raw talent on the offense, they've been such a disappointment this year. You could argue this team doesn't make the playoffs and it wouldn't have been close without this defense at the end of the day. And that's credit to Brandon Staley. Yeah. And there's obviously a lot to love with what he's done with that defense. You mentioned they're the number one defense in the league. It's not even debatable, whether it's scoring yards, whatever it is, they were number one. And obviously a lot of his schematic, you mentioned what he brought over from Vic Fangio and he's done a great job from that standpoint, but implementing it in practice, uh, adjusting in game, things like that are so important. So what can you tell us about his coaching style on the practice field uh, throughout the week? How is has he been able to get the most out of his players? And just overall, what kind of a coach is he in terms of his mentality and personality? Yeah, well, that's kind of where I get a little bit closed out since, unfortunately, I'm not on the practice field. Uh, but from what I, I've heard and what I've read is that this is somebody that relates to the players. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, that's a big thing with Sean McVay. You know, Sean McVay in his early 30s becomes a head coach at what 30, 31 years old. Now you have, you know, Brandon Staley at 38. That's right around the time that, um, you know, somebody like Kyle Shanahan got his opportunity. So, you know, I, there, I don't believe in anything like along the lines of, you know, he's too young to coach or anything like that. Um, I think Staley, you know, his age allows him to relate more with his players. And I do think that just people have rallied around him in that locker room, including Aaron Donald. Uh, the veterans, you know, like an Aaron Donald, like a Michael Brockers, um, you know, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, people that, and I've heard this, they'll say, I don't trust Staley because he has two all-world players in Ramsey and Donald. I'd say to you, well, what has he done for everyone else? And, and I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, why is Morgan Fox have six and a half sacks? You know, like, why are we, you know, like Leonard Floyd had more sacks than Cleo Mack this year. You know, and Leonard Floyd, and this is another thing I forgot to mention. Um, he wanted to go out and get Leonard Floyd because Leonard Floyd does something very well that I haven't seen the Rams edge defender do in a while. Set the edge. <laughs> it's very simple. He is What's that so like? dominant. Yeah, it's it's so We have weird. no idea. <laughs> Not even a while. Like, I don't think they've had an edge rusher since I've been watching the team. So, I, Well, I hear you there because, you know, Clay Matthews was there and I like Clay, but Clay was at the end of his career and wasn't really setting the edge as well. And, and then Connor Barwin, God, I love the guy, you know, very talented player, but again, towards the end of his career. And, you know, he was a guy that, you know, obviously worked his tail off, but he just couldn't set the edge to save his life. So in turn, what that does is it allows anybody to get to the outside, hit the corner on the sidelines and pull, you know, push up field. Not with Leonard Floyd. He's done a great job at setting the edge. He's really been, uh, I mean, he's been a gift because last year they had Dante Fowler and you could argue Dante Fowler is a more decorated pass rusher. But honestly, this year you wouldn't know it because Leonard Floyd really, uh, you know, stepped it up this year, obviously had more sacks than Mac. And uh, he was just a monster in the run game. I think he's the best run defending uh, edge defender in the league right now. I really do. And when you talk about Staley, I mean, it kind of sounds like he, he certainly has the respect to the players in the locker room. Some have described him as a player's coach. What are the traits that Brandon Staley possesses that make you think he would be a successful head coach, specifically on a losing team in the league's biggest market? 
Well, I think right off the bat, you know, you have to look at the fact that Fangio took him over from Chicago. You know, this is just an offensive line coach or or, sorry, an outside linebacker coach, not an offensive line, outside linebacker coach. You know, that doesn't always happen that it actually doesn't happen a lot. Um, You know, every now and then you get guys like, oh, yeah, I'll bring in my cornerback coach and things like that. Fangio took him and he knew what he was getting in him. And he didn't really try to block him when he interviewed with the Rams because I think he wanted him to succeed. I think he knew what Brandon Staley was. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is a very hardworking guy. His resume speaks for itself. He's willing to pay his dues. He's willing to be patient. So it almost makes me wonder, this is his first year as a defensive coordinator. I wouldn't necessarily be shocked if he went out and, you know, took a job. I wouldn't be shocked if he stayed with the Rams. Um, right now, if you're a defensive coordinator, this is the uh, the best gig in football because you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey signed long term. And then you have guys like all over the place, um, you know, drafting well, like, you know, a Jordan Fuller or, you know, picking up Darius Williams, like I said, um, you know, so I just think to me, if he leaves, um, he will succeed. But if he stays, he will eventually become a head coach because he's already proven like I, like I said, you know, before he went back and forth between John, uh, John Carroll university, um, as a defensive coordinator, secondary, uh, yeah. Secondary coach, uh, from 2013, he, well, he left for James Madison and then went back in 2015. Um, so, I mean, this is first year's defensive coordinator. Don't be surprised if he doesn't take this job, but I think this is an underrated job. Uh, I don't think the jets are as bad as everyone says. I've watched a lot of film on the jets. I love what they have, Quinn and Williams, first and foremost. He is an absolute star, um, and, and I knew this, you know, all along pretty much when they were talking about, I think it was Bucky Brooks that said he was a bust. I was oh, like, what are, you, what are you watching, man? Uh, and, and I still so knock on Brooks. I just disagreed with that. Um, but, I mean, you know, he is he absolutely dominated the Rams. Right. And he dominated their in, interior offensive line. So, I mean, I watched that. But just from what I've seen is, you know, you have Mekhi Becton long-term at left tackle. I say, you know, you, you draft a guy like uh, Penny Sewell and you have two guys that absolutely dominate at tackle. I'm also a USC fan, so I watched a lot of Sam Darnold. He was not my number one quarterback in that draft, though. Lamar Jackson was. And I think Sam Darnold really, he he's starting to, I think he was starting to feel it towards the end of this year. I feel like he was starting to gain some confidence. The win against the Rams felt different. It felt like kind of the changing of the book, if you will, changing of the page. Uh, maybe I'm just overanalyzing that, but like you get a guy like Denzel Mims in the second round, um, you know, you, you should build around guys like that. And so, you know, I like Pat Elfline, a guy that you guys got from Minnesota in uh, free agency, um, Connor McGovern as well. I uh, wasn't really a huge fan of going out and shelling out money to George Fant. I think he's kind of overrated. Um, but I also like, you know, a couple of tight ends you have Trayvon Wesco. And uh, I do like Chris Herndon. Um, I thought he really made strides last year. And then this year kind of didn't. Right. Um, but I think a lot of that is coaching guys. So like, look, you know, um, we're talking about a defensive head. We're talking about a defensive coach that, you know, obviously being a head coach, you're going to look at all phases and all, you know, everybody on the roster. And I think that's something that Brandon Staley has being trained to do by Sean McVay. Sean McVay said when he got rid of Wade Phillips and he didn't get rid of him, but the contract expired, you get that whole point. Um, he wanted to have more of a say with the defense because in order to be a great defensive coordinator, I think people are way too quickly to be like, well, he just knows defense. You got to know offense as well. So don't act like Staley doesn't know what he's talking about on the offensive side of the ball. 
Uh, it's just not the case. He's been a defensive guy his whole career, but you have to know offense in order to stop the offense. But I just look at the, the defense and what you guys have, and I, I get really excited, you know, looking at it. Uh, obviously, John Franklin Myers is somebody that I love, a friend of mine. Uh, Nathan Shepard, I really liked a lot out of Fort Hayes State. Um, you know, I really like, uh, like I said, with Quinn and Williams, but you have guys that were drafting, you know, 2020, like a Jabari Zaniga, who, you know, we'll see if he develops at all. Uh, Terrell Basham, maybe not, you know, the, the best players in the world, but this isn't like a horrible roster. And I think I, I have to explain that because, you know, I also like, you know, your secondary, big fan of Bryce Hall, shouldn't have gone the fifth round, probably should have gone the second round. That was a huge, huge, huge pickup. And, and he had that one-handed interception against Goff. And like, that, and you're being very compl- you're being very complimentary. And I just can't tell. Is this just because the Rams ended our Trevor Lawrence dreams, and this is just like kind of no, a way to cover no. our pride? <laughs> because that actually was going to be my next question. If you're yeah. talking about concerns about Staley, I mean, there's a few of them. I mean, one's the experience that he's young. Uh, can he be that CEO that the Jets have talked about all offseason? But starting off, if you're going to list some of the concerns. First address that Adam Gase outcoached Brandon Staley while costing the Jets Trevor Lawrence and, and hurting the Rams in, in the, uh, the, the race for the NFC West. So that would be my primary concern about Staley. Can you address Adam Gase outcoaching him and then other concerns that you might have for him? Well, it's weird because I think Adam Gase, I mean, obviously in order to get two head coaching jobs, you have to be somewhat good. And I think Adam Gase every now and then you know, it's like a blind squirrel, you know, finds a nut, you know, it's like yeah. every now and then he gets together. And I thought the game plan against the Rams was great. I thought it was just a great game plan. The Jets came out and they wanted to win the football game. The Rams came out and they thought, and I don't buy into the fact the Rams didn't practice that week or didn't care. I don't buy in the fact they overlooked the Jets. I think it's very simple in this league. It's any given Sunday. And when you have a team like the Jets that really just want to win, you listen to Frank Gore. Obviously, this this guy really just wants to win, doesn't want to go out 0-16. And, and now he might not go out. Might, he might play another year. That man is mad, man. But to me, I kind of look at this team where I'm like, you bring in a coach like Staley. Staley's going to know who to get around him because he saw Sean McVay know who to bring, who to bring around him. Sean McVay had a plan coming in. He wasn't going to let the best get to him. So why did Sean McVay turn a four and 12 team into an 11 and five team overnight? Well, here's a little bit of a thing to add. Jeff Fisher had a good football team. I know it sounds crazy because they went four and 12, but that team was a lot better than giving credit for. And that's exactly why Jeff Fisher was fired. But Sean McVay added guys like Whitworth. He added guys like Woods. They go out and get Cooper Cup and Gerald Everett and Josh Reynolds and John Johnson and Samson Ibukam in the draft. So you start to see how that happens. Well, why am I telling you this? Because Brandon Staley saw all this happen. He has the experience around Fangio, who is a guru of defense. He's the best defense coordinator in all of football. Um, I still think he's he's better. If he becomes a defense coordinator, I still think he's better than Staley. But I think Staley's right there. You just have to give him the nod, obviously. Um, but when I look at it, I think Staley is probably sucking in everything that he's seeing. And he's seeing that Sean McVay, it's no surprise, his rookie year as a coach, he goes out, he gets Joe Barry, who was fired from, uh, at the time, the Redskins. He was fired as a defensive coordinator. He became the linebacker coach, and he's the assistant head coach. So he's helping Sean McVay. He's on the sidelines, see how the training wheels are on. He's helping Sean McVay, familiarity from his former team. You go out and get Wade Phillips, a guy that has plenty of experience. Again, these guys are helping Sean McVay. 
you're keeping it close to the vest. You're getting Aubrey Pleasant, defensive backs. You're getting Shane Waldron, also from Washington. So he's bringing all these guys he's comfortable with around him, and he's starting this circle. Now, he's also part of the Kyle Shanahan circle. He's part of the Gruden's. So it was surprising that he didn't go out and get Jay Gruden, but Jay Gruden ended up finding an offensive coordinator position with the Jaguars. I know you probably can't even say Jaguars on this podcast, but, you know, there. Um, But, you know, he, he got all these guys. And so I guess my point is I expect Brandon Staley to know who to target. Okay, so he knows the defense. He, he probably is going to take somebody from the Rams. And I mean, I hope to God it isn't Aubrey Pleasant because to me, that is who the next guy is in line. But if it is Aubrey Pleasant, that's a guy to take to be your defensive coordinator. On the offensive side of the ball, could he take somebody from the Rams? There's a guy by, Zach, by the name of Zach Robinson, associate uh, quarterback coach. He'd be an interesting uh, one there. Um, you know, it, there's all sorts of things that can happen, but there's so many different coaches around the league i just expect staley to bring a very good um you know coaching staff if he goes to the jets regardless of where he goes bring in a good coaching staff and get this team that should have been six and ten seven nine eight eight to that as a you know a start and then build your way back to the playoffs because you know this team was written off as like the worst team and i feel like the entire country was rooting for them to go oh and 16 but i saw this team for what it was they have talent. They just don't have coaching and they're going to get that. And when they do guys, I'm telling you, they're going to be fine. And so I, I guess to bring it all together and, and you've already touched on a lot to like about him. So I think anyone who had questions about Staley's probably already feeling really sold on him, but to bring it all together to the team that hires Staley and the fan base, what would your pitch be to them as to why they are getting a great head coach? Well, I mean, I obviously don't want to see him leave L.A., but if I must, um, look, you're getting a guy that is 38 years old. He has a resume that's a laundry list. I mean, and he has had no issue going from community colleges to John Carroll universities of the world to then all of a sudden he just went from that to, oh, yeah, I'm the off uh, the outside linebacker coach for the Bears. And oh, now all of a sudden I'm uh you know, Vic Fangio's Padawan, you know what I mean? Like that, that just, that happened like that. It looks like that happened overnight, but he built that, he built that resume. And so I think the more and more he's around these amazing football minds, talk about being around the best defensive football mind in the game right now in Fangio and being around the best offensive mind, arguably in, in the league right now in Sean McVay, I think you're good. Um, the leadership and all that, I mean, I, I've never been in that locker room. I've never been on the sideline, so I haven't seen it, you know, firsthand, but just everything I've heard, it's nothing but glowing, uh, you know, praise for him. And it was that way. Look, when they, they hired him, I was kind of annoyed because I was like, why didn't they just go with Pleasant? All I was hearing behind the scenes is Pleasant's the guy, Pleasant's exactly. And then all of a sudden it wasn't him. So I was a little shocked by that. I don't know where Pleasant is on that, but. Uh, he's still with the Rams. Um, he didn't leave or anything like that. But I guess my point is that this guy is going to bring everything you need, uh, whether you're a Jets, whether you're Jaguars, what have you, like any of those teams, he can help. Jake, we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. As we said at the beginning, a huge game for the Rams. So I'm sure the Jets fans will have a vested interest in, in following the Rams this weekend. <laughs> Give our listeners where they can follow you, where they can, where they can find your stuff. And, and we're hoping, we're all hoping for an L.A. win. 
Yeah, well, you know, really appreciate that. And obviously I am as well. I'm hoping they start John Wolford and, you know, we get to see that mobility against that defense that has just been playing so well lately. Thanks a lot for the <laughs> Jamal Adams. He is a, he's absolutely terrifying, best safety in the league. But um, yeah, you can find me at JK Bogan DTSN on Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, same name, Jake Ellen Bogan. Um, and I have a YouTube channel that's starting to actually pick up steam. Like I didn't think it would, but like the John Wolford videos apparently have really pushed it over the top. Uh, if you're interested in that, I mean, it's been a lot of Rams videos lately, but it is an all sports channel. At some point I am going to talk more about other sports, but right now I've been doing NFL and Rams. So, um, we're at about 1500, uh, subs last week we had 287. So we're starting to move the ball a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) just a little bit. Just a little bit, uh, but yeah, I'd appreciate if you guys checked it out. Maybe uh, you know, subscribed if you like it. That's pretty yeah. much it for my shameless plug. Well, Downtown Rams as well, but you guys are your Jets podcast, so I mean, yeah, I know. Hey, that, that was that was a very <laughs> fine plug, Jake. Thank you so much for for coming on the show, Brandon Staley, ladies and gentlemen. Tweet us at CYJ Pod and and tell us your thoughts on on Brandon potentially being the next head coach of the New York Jets. You can follow myself at Ben W Blessington, Michael at Michael underscore Nania. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Jets X Factor, which is the best place to go for Jets to content. Quickly. Down to six seconds. Carr going down again. And it's Quinton Williams this time for the Jets. The middle in the air picked off. Brian Poole to the end zone. Touchdown. The punter to beat, and the punter brings him down. Braden Mann saved a touchdown most likely. Looks right. Fires a bomb down the right sideline again for Mims. What a catch by Denzel Mims.